Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Welcome to week number two in our Advent series, A Weary World Rejoices. Week number two is the candle of peace. And I'm going to light the peace candle. So if you have your candles there, I'm going to first relight the, um, the hope candle from last week. We talked all about hope. And now this week we begin our conversation by lighting the peace candle. And we're going to talk about peace today. Uh, and so what I want to do is I want to start with the Christmas story, kind of the big picture pieces of it for you so that we can kind of work through that. So Mary and Joseph uh, were pledged to be married, these two young people, and Mary uh, was pregnant through the Holy Spirit with baby Jesus. And uh, they had to travel from where they were living in Nazareth in Galilee, and they had to travel all the way to Bethlehem because of the census that the Romans were demanding of the people. And so when they arrived in Bethlehem, it was time for baby Jesus to be born. And uh, it was a bustling, crazy time because everybody was there for the census. So Mary and Joseph had to take refuge in a stable and Jesus was born in that stable and Mary wrapped him in cloths and put him in the manger because there was no room for them anywhere else. And so that is sort of the beginning of Luke chapter two. And now I wanna pick it up in, in Luke chapter two, verse eight eight, where we are going to kind of spend the majority of our time today, uh, verse eight through 14. And so let's read together just a bit. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. In verse nine, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. And so now we've moved from that picture in Bethlehem, out to the countryside surrounding Bethlehem, where the shepherds were, and the angel comes and begins to pronounce the arrival of Jesus. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I love this. Every time the angels speak in the Christmas story, they start with, do not be afraid, um, which is a wonderful thought around Christmas time and, and around seasons of uncertainty. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, next week, we're going to really camp on the idea of joy. We'll be lighting the joy candle, and Pastor Lisa will be here to preach that message, and, and I know it's going to be a great message for you. So we'll talk about joy next week. And then verse 11, today in the town of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, the angel said. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So they're going to go and find Jesus. So I, I want to bring you back to last week. Last week, I used a sign. I held up a sign and it said, I need hope. And we talked all about how people are in need of hope and they're holding that sign up in different places. And we're going to lift it up to Jesus and find our hope in him. But I also love what Isaiah 7 says because it connects to what we're just reading. Isaiah 7 teaches us that the prophet said that there's going to be a time where the Lord himself will give you a sign. And now we hear the angel saying, this will be a sign to you. 
and the sign was this child. And that's what was, that was promised in Isaiah 7 and fulfilled here in verse 12. It's beautiful. And then on to verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I want you to see the order because that's very key for our message today. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. In the New King James Version, it says it this way, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I love these verses and I love the way the Christmas story elevates peace, elevates hope, elevates joy and love, which is what Advent really is all about. But when we think about peace, and we think about where we are today, I don't think that the question is quite as clearly answered as it was that night. Peace was the arrival of Jesus. But where is peace today? Are you feeling me? You understanding what I'm saying? Where's peace today? A lot of us feel like peace is eluding us. You see, the angels promise peace, yet many of us seem to struggle to have any peace at all. Many of us feel stress and anxiety and concern and fear and pain and sadness. I hate to have to use all those words, but this is what seems so natural right now in our culture. Peace seems to be the struggle. Peace seems to be the thing that we can't find. And why is that? Why is it that the complexity and the heaviness seems to come by, you know, and come to us so easily? But peace seems like a very rare thing in these days, doesn't it? You know, I think there's a number of ways that we might try to differentiate our situation from that ancient moment where peace was declared by the angels. We might say today, well, obviously we're living in strange and unsettling days. You know, we're surrounded by a pandemic. We're living in some form of isolation. We're feeling the pain and the strain of it all. But can I just remind you in that ancient world, they were having similar challenges. They were living in very unsettling times, occupied by Rome and so on. And so those who heard the angel that night, they understood an unsettlingness. They understood the, the nature of loss and of fear and of concern. Others might say, well, I mean, like we're plagued with activity around here. I mean, like there's always something else we have to do. There's always something else biding for our time or our attention or something that we need. But that night, that night when Jesus was born, that night was crawling with activity, people coming from everywhere. And so peace that day is no different than trying to find peace in this day. And still others might say, well, you know, we have burdens and problems that the ancient world knew nothing about. But can I just tell you a little bit about their burden, about their problem in that moment? Traveling hundreds of miles on a donkey while pregnant and then giving birth in a barn? I mean, that's pretty concerning, isn't it? So I just want to say I'm not attempting to make light of your challenge. That, that's not my goal here. I understand your anxieties, they're real. I'm simply saying that I don't think that our lack of peace today can be blamed on our circumstances. Because circumstances have always been there. 
There's always been challenge to finding peace. There has to be another reason why we struggle to find peace today. You know, um, we do a lot to keep ourselves safe in our homes. We have smoke detectors, but we also have carbon monoxide detectors. And one night at like two o'clock in the morning, I start hearing this beeping. The kids are all tucked in bed. Um, we're tucked in bed, of course. And like two in the morning, I start hearing this beeping. And so I go out to check the smoke alarm. I'm like, man, are we having a fire? No fire at all. I don't see any smoke. And then I hear the sound. It's downstairs in the basement, close to the furnace. I go down the stairs and I hear this beeping and it's the carbon monoxide detector going off. And I'm like freaking out because, you know, natural gas, you can't smell it. And it's leaking into my house and we're all going to die. And I've got, I've got one child in the basement. I've got three more upstairs and I've got to get all these. And then I got to get Lisa and I got to get the dog and we got to get out of here. And so, you know, I, look, I quickly look at what I'm supposed to do. And so I start opening all the windows and all the doors and it's like freezing outside and I'm opening them all up. And then, and then I grab all the kids and, and Lisa and I, you know, get them all outside and into the vehicle. Where's the dog? Where's the dog? Okay. So we get the dog and throw him into and, and over to her parents' house we go just to kind of get the kids resettled and, and, and they're groggy and upset and what's going on and, and I'm trying not to upset them. And so we get them over and we're knocking on the door of Lisa's parents' house and they come to the door in the middle of the night, you know, it's like 2.30 2 in the morning and, and let us in and then I have to go back and meet the emergency gas guy who works all night for the, for the company, the gas company. And so we... You know, we, we show up there and he's like, okay, um, I, I'm not getting any readings. He's got his little device. And, and, then, he, and then he says like, uh, okay, let's go inside. So we go inside and he's looking around. And then he asks me a very important question. He said, can I see your carbon monoxide detector? I was like, sure. So we go over and I say, there it is. And, and, and when he goes over, he notices that it's sort of hanging out of the wall socket. And he goes, ah, Okay, now I know the cause. And he takes it and he pushes it back in. And he says, this was loose. The kids must have been playing down in the basement and, and bumped it. And it kind of came loose a little bit and it seemed fine. But the battery inside, it started to die. And so it started to beep and, and it was no longer functioning right. So, so it started to make this noise. And I was like, oh my goodness, I, I knew the, you know, I, I could see the effects. I could hear the effects of what had happened, but I didn't know the cause. I didn't know the cause at all. And so my, my kids are out, you know, now all unsettled for the night and the doors are open, the heat, you know, whatever. All of this happened simply because I did not know what the cause was. I knew the effect, but not the cause. It's very interesting to consider the difference between cause and effect. Let's talk about that for just a minute. I mean, you see fireworks up in the sky, you see them exploding, but that's not the cause, that's the effect. You look at a garden and it's lush and green and, and, and full of flowers or, or fresh vegetables, but that's not the cause, that's the effect. You see a river flowing and, 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 and obviously it has strength and power and current, but that's not the cause, that's the effect. And the same is true with peace. Peace, even mighty peace, even peace that roots you and that holds you is not a cause. It's an effect. 
Peace is not a cause, it's an effect. So we can look around our world and say, you know, man, people are so polarized against each other and there seems to be strife and disagreement everywhere and there's, there's unrest everywhere. Where is the peace? But maybe we're looking at the effect or the lack of effect and we're not truly exploring the cause. See, how can people be right with each other before they're right with God? I like the way C.S. Lewis begins to frame this. He says, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. There's no such thing, he says. See, when we hear the proclamation of the angels, sometimes we reverse it. Sometimes we get it backwards in our minds. We don't think glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men, like it says in the King James Version. We reverse it. We, we think of goodwill and peace first. And yeah, yeah, of course, glory to God. We expect peace and we hold God responsible for its absence. Yet let me remind you, peace, <laughs> peace is a fruit. It's not a root. Remember Ephesians 5? We looked at that actually this last year. Ephesians 5 talks all about the fruit of the Spirit. And do you remember them? Do you remember it's love, it's joy, and what? Peace. Peace is a fruit, not a root. Peace is the ends, not the means. Are you hearing me? And some of us are very concerned. We're living in this time right now. And we're looking around and we're saying, man, I don't like what I see. I'm concerned about underlying agendas. I'm concerned, I'm concerned about political maneuvering. I'm, I'm concerned about what's going to happen to the church. I'm, I'm concerned about conservative values. I'm Concerned about a number of things. Uh, what are people up to? But you know what? In my experience, these concerns, they, they sabotage God's peace in our lives. And so if you're carrying this heavy burden of concern, can I just ask you to consider? Consider for just a brief season. Maybe even just from now until Christmas. Consider shifting your focus to Jesus to worshiping him, to saying glory to God in the highest, to trust in his promises and his will and see if that doesn't bring you greater peace. And let me give you a, a, a place to hang this idea on. You see, Isaiah chapter nine tells us about this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. But at the very, very beginning, the very beginning of that verse which is Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. And then it says this, the government will rest on his shoulders. I want you to hear that. If you're carrying heavy burdens, if you're carrying concerns, if you're worried about something that's going on under the service or the political agendas, can I just remind you that Christmas and the Advent season calls us to believe that the government doesn't rest on our shoulders. It doesn't rest on the shoulders of the church or the shoulders of individuals. It doesn't rest on my shoulders. It doesn't rest on your shoulders. It rests on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. And so if we can turn our focus to him, we'll find peace. 
because peace is a fruit, not a root. So many are asking, where is peace today? But I think the better question is this, where is the glory to God today? Remember, that's what the angels proclaimed. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Where are those who understand that what ends in peace begins with worship? Ah, let's look at the story again. Let's jump into verse 13. I want to look at that one with you again. And verse 14. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Are you seeing how it works? It's glory to God first and then peace on earth. You're seeing that because the truth is peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And at his arrival, peace arrives. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. I want you to understand that. Isaiah chapter nine. Let's go back there. The second part of verse six. We already read the first part. And then verse seven. It says, and he, speaking of Jesus, will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And come on, say this one with me. Prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. So how are you relating to him? What kind of relationship do you have with the Prince of Peace? I mean, many people have different kinds of relationships with Jesus. Some have more of a philosophical relationship to God and to his son, Jesus. They simply accept certain theories about God. Some have more of a nominal relationship to Jesus. They're Christian, but in name only. And find, they find it easy to relate to people who claim faith and, and, and they, they, they connect with the church and they, they would even call themselves Christians, but it's really only a name. Some people go what might be seen as a step further and they, they, they have a theological relationship to Jesus. They hold and even defend certain beliefs about God, but I don't think that's going to do it for us. All of these are not what gives glory to God, which is cause, and that leads to peace on earth and in your heart, which is effect. So what does? What does allow you to really truly give glory to God that leads to peace on earth and, and really peace in your own life? It's a personal relationship with the Prince of Peace. That's right. It's a personal relationship with the Prince of Peace as an individual. See, we have this piano down in our basement and um, it's always out of tune. It's an upright piano, it sits in the corner, but you know, you play the notes and they're out of tune and, and, and we have had it tuned before. And when the piano tuner comes, he always tells us that this is the worst piano ever made in Canada. And we say, thank you for that. We're really glad to hear that. Worst piano ever made. So, you know, they, he'll tune it, but then it falls out of tune again. Um, but right now we're in this season with our kids where we're doing different instruments. Guitar and ukulele are kind of on the menu right now for um, our kids' development in music. And so when you use the piano to tune the guitar and the ukulele, everything might sound the same, but the truth is everything can be off. Right? Because if the piano note is wrong and then you tune the guitar to that, then everything's off key. 
And so the ukulele and the guitar that we're trying to tune are off. Why? Because the piano's off. And, and, and there's a picture here for us. You see, a, a piano is not tuned in mass. It's tuned note by note, key by key, right? And I want you to think about the analogy of that in terms of peace. Peace does not come to the masses. Peace comes to the individual. Peace comes to your heart as an individual. So allow the Holy Spirit to tune you so that you can play the melody of peace as you surrender to Jesus and let him lead your life. You surrender yourself to the Prince of Peace. And you know what? The other notes around you might be off, but you're going to be able to play the perfect melody that has been intended for you to play. You, your note will be on key. And that will affect everyone. And the more of us that allow the Holy Spirit to tune us to the melody of the Prince of Peace, the more beautiful and more full and more refreshing the sound becomes. So maybe you, you're watching today. Maybe, hey, you're on our podcast and you're just listening today. And you need to surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. I want you to know that he is ready as a master tuner to tune your life to his peace and to his purpose. And if you're saying, you know what, I'm so ready to do that. This is my season. This Christmas is the time where I let peace, the peace that comes from Jesus, overflow in my life. Here's what I'd like to ask you to do. I'd like you to text life to this number. And in doing that, what you're saying is, is I surrender my life to Jesus. I really believe the government's on his shoulders and, and that, that his government and peace will never end. So establish that in my life, God. That's what you're saying. You know, the angel said, glory to God in the highest heaven. And this pandemic has had an effect on all of us. And one of the things that I've noticed is that it has affected our engagement in worship. It's harder to worship online. It's harder to worship at a distance. And I understand that. I get that. And so I want to give you an Advent challenge. And I want you to see that where peace is the result, worship is actually the catalyst, the beginning, the starting point. And so we're talking, we've been talking about cause and effect. Worship is the cause and peace is the effect. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. So your Advent challenge is this, worship. And see worship as a pathway to peace. Giving glory to God in the highest brings peace on earth. And so as we end today, I just want to tell you, I was so struck last week when we sang, Oh, come let us adore him. I was so struck by it that I said, hey, I know that was last week's music, but I'd like the team to add that song that we recorded and played last week back into the set at the end so that we can sing, Oh, come let us adore him as an act of giving God glory and inviting his peace to come into our lives. So I want to encourage you, lead yourself be obedient to the call that the angels gave us to worship God 
and to elevate him. And as a result, peace is going to be found in our hearts. We're going to get to that third verse where it says, we'll give him all the glory. Come on, let's let it ring out. Let's sing and let's allow the freshness of worship to lead to peace in our lives. God bless you. Let's sing together.